Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, K-Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Lord. There's a lot of them. Today, we're going to talk about the fourth film from the Next Generation cast and the 10th of the Star Trek series, Star Trek Nemesis. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? It's a good day. I can't complain. Glad to be back. So good to be here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also on the podcast, we have the Trek Storian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. And last, but certainly not least, we have the Tech Storian, Carrie Brown. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, yeah. This one this <laughs> one of your most quoted movies, I think, about all of these Star Trek movies, because I think you're, you're a Tom Hardy fan. Is that it? <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> so just how has everyone been doing everybody doing okay having a great week yay nay yay yay <laughs> yay 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 okay yeah. well, well you know we're still alive so we got that the on yeah. our side right indeed yes so um so on the support side, there are many ways you can support the show. First, by subscribing to the podcast, wherever you may be listening, leaving a review and also telling a friend. We also have a YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Discussing Trek. And yeah, and if you want to give any monetary donations or funds, you can check us out at DiscussingTrek.com slash support. Now we're going to get into our news and updates for this week. There is a... Good chance that we'll see Gates McFadden in Star Trek Picard season two. In an interview with TrekMovie.com, McFadden said that there would be a good chance that she would be appearing, but no contract has been signed. So my question to you guys is, does that mean we're going to get Wesley, too? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want Wesley? Hey, man. Hey, he hosts the, the the after show thingy, the ready room. You you like Wesley, right? Yeah, I do actually. You're a Will, Will Whedon fan, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the most part. <laughs> Any other thoughts on seeing um West, uh seeing Doctor Crusher in oh, season I'd two? I'd be all on board for that. I mean, she was she was one of my favorite characters on the show, so. I would be hands down all into that. Really? I thought you were a Pulaski fan. No? Like I said, she was one of my most favorite <laughs> characters on the show. So okay. I would be all all in for that. All right. All right. Uh, anyway, I'll throw this out before we move on. Like any other character that didn't appear in season one that we really want to see in season two of Star Trek Picard? Uh, I mean, other than the obvious, Jordy uh, and uh, hmm. Worf would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Guinan is confirmed, so I right. can't really say yeah. Guinan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting on how they're going to pivot things um, in season two since they kind of more or less resolve the whole synthetic storyline. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm amped to see how they actually pivot the, the, the story in season two and, like, where they actually go. It's kind of anything's uh, on the table at this point. So our next story, which also comes from Jonathan, is uh, Shatner, to, Shatner, William Shatner, to release a trading card collection via Wax blockchain. And I'm going to have to go to Carrie for this because I, I'm not sure I fully understand it, but it's... What? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's supposed to be a way of digital authenticity with... Um, digital items trading cards i think in the article i saw on youtube that was talking about it they were talking about skins and things like that so i'm not quite sure i fully understand it but shatner is going to be releasing un never before seen images from his vast collection on this wax blockchain thing so have you ever you heard of it though no um <laughs> one thing i will say is that um, I've had various te technology jobs in various industries, and probably since about four years ago, everybody's like, how can we utilize blockchain? <laughs> and it's like, why do you want to use blockchain? Is it going to make your business better? And, you know, don't use it just to say we use blockchain. Like, I feel like a lot of companies are in the cloud just so they can say they're in the cloud. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. It's, I, this feels like one of those things to me. Um, if, if they're just using it for digital authentication, then okay, just generate a certificate or a SHA-256 <laughs> or something. Like, you don't need blockchain for that. But that's another discussion for another day. I mean, I guess it's cool, I guess, but... Yeah. So they're, they're basically saying they're just a way to kind of keep fakes from getting in. So basically, it's just going to record everything in the cloud. So that way you can verify, like, I guess it's, maybe even keep up with who bought which card and register it. That way no one else can say I have this card. But I mean, I guess you could have just done that with a spreadsheet. <laughs> or a certificate <laughs> of authenticity. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Along so, with video. Like, that's how they normally do it, a certificate of authenticity and then the video of the person signing or whatever. And that's, you don't need blockchain for that. But okay. I'm, yeah. I'm so, not going to be negative Nancy. Well, I'm like Clarence. I don't really understand blockchain, so I can't really quote much on it. But. it yeah. So the WAX is the Worldwide Asset Exchange. I guess it's a standard. Uh, you can go to WAX.io to check it out. We won't get into the tech petition realm here, but uh, it seems rather complicated. But they their, their t- tagline here on the website is the safest and most convenient way to create, buy, sell and trade virtual items to anyone anywhere in the world. So um, take that as you will. <laughs> and, and we'll move De- on. Decentralizing billion dollar in-game so, asset. All right, so, so so let me back up. You're selling virtual items to anyone in the world. So in other words, you're making bleep up and and selling stuff that don't really exist. <laughs> well, I mean, well, if it's virtual, true. <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 also maybe a bit of like trying to put a trying to put a finite number on something that's not really finite. So you know, in other words, what he's doing is putting all of his cards in a holodeck and you're buying it from the holodeck because they don't really exist. Basically. <laughs> okay. Cool. Moving on. The Star Trek Picard All-In Challenge has been announced. Uh, you might say, what is the All-In Challenge? Well, a little background first. Uh, as a participant in the channel, uh, the challenge and a possible winner, you would be transported into the future with a set visit to Star Trek Picard, VIP access and a walk-on role, and you get a chance to also meet Patrick Stewart. So this all-in challenge is to raise awareness and provides food to those in need, um, including kids, early and frontline heroes. Entries will be rewarded um, by the uh, with the amount of entries based on the amount of money they spend. Obviously, so things like ten dollars, you get ten entries, and so on and so forth, up to a hundred dollars. Uh, would any of you guys like to be on Picard in the walk-in row? I've already submitted my entry. <laughs> I'm entering. I'm entering right now. I'm entering right now. I've already done it. Like, and I know it says purchase not necessary, but I think I'm going to do the like $10 one so I can get multiple entries. Well, you know, it's it's for a good cause. I mean, obviously. It's for, so, you know, I mean, if you win, that's just uh, icing on the cake, right? And then if you tweet, I have to go back and look at the store. But if you use a hashtag and a tweet, they donate a dollar to charity as well. Oh, cool, cool. So, so I like the charity part, but I think that podcasting loves my face, so I'll stick with podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, maybe I'll maybe I'll get to say make it so. <laughs> get off my Ooh. set. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, I'm sure if it was Doctor Who, Kyle would be all on it. Yeah. Like I said, podcasting loves my face. <laughs> he dancing around like the fiddler on the roof. Fiddler <laughs> <laughs> on the. <laughs> and the last item I have, and this one is really weird. And I think we talked about this a while back. In fact, this may have been so long ago that we talked talked about it on Techpedition back in the day. But there is a Star Trek parody film called Unbelievable, and it got picked up for distribution um, this month. So Mm. many of you probably have not even heard of this um, Mm -hmm. with good reason. So it's just weird. So we'll post a link. You can watch the trailer. But basically, the film is called Unbelievable. And uh, it falls in the category for me of how in the heck did this get made? Is that the Snoop Dogg one? That's the Snoop Dogg one. (laughs) So the film features 40 plus Star Trek actors and Snoop Dogg. And yes, you're right, Carrie, Snoop Dogg. Three astronauts 
along with a character called Kirk Steelwood, which is um, <laughs> this little puppet doll. What's the, what's the Thunderbirds? It, it's in that vein. Oh, yeah. Pu- I remember puppet. Um, travel to the moon on a rescue mission to determine the fate of two aeronautical space system comrades who have not been heard from in several days. And yes, um, the acronym for aeronautical space systems is exactly what you think it is. Mm, Uh, So that's, that's kind of where we're at. Uh, the film features, uh, in those three astronaut positions, um, Tim Russ, Garrett Wang and Chase Masterson and many, many other Star Trek actors. And again, how the heck did this get made? Just <laughs> hey man, I just want to say like right off the cuff, Snoop Dogg has some space slash sci-fi clout. He did this song called The Rocket Experience with Buzz Aldrin. What? It's fire. What? Um, Are you serious right I'll, now? I'll, no, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, look up Rocket Experience. It's Buzz Aldrin and Snoop Dogg. Is, you know is, he did the he did that al- he did an album or a song with Neptunes and they kind of did their own label called Star Trek, but it's spelled T R A K. Yeah, that's my boy for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he, and they say he's they say he has like a huge Star Trek mural like in his home, like he's always loved Star Trek. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So this film. <laughs> I mean, come on. He's friends with Martha Stewart. This is not the craziest thing we've heard about. So <laughs> right, exactly. I, d- I was d- thinking d- that. Probably not, but still, it, it's pretty out there. It's pretty out there. But I mean, Getting high with Martha Stewart, it ranks pretty high out there. <laughs> but I think I think the crazier part for me is maybe not Snoop Dogg, but it's the cavalcade or the, the bondage of Star Trek actors that are actually participated in it, that participated in this. I think it originally... It was filmed in 2018 or 2017. So, yeah, that's kind of the part that jumps out to me as weird is the Star Trek actors that actually came on board for this. Over 40. A lot of. So, yeah. um, And it and although it does look like an independent film, it's not like um, what Master P uh, No Limit Records film quality. (laughs) It looks like Superman. It looks like they actually put some money into it. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's going to round it out for the news, guys, unless get, you have anything else that I missed or did not cover. Oh, I do have one more thing that, not super big, but uh, actually Patrick Stewart did an interview with TV Guide, and they were asking him about the same question that's come up multiple times in our different episodes, about how he felt about the profanity in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, I saw and, that. yeah. And what I didn't know, he says that kind of language was pretty much second nature in his family. So he grew up with that language. Like every other word he said was a swear word. But he had kind of sworn off not doing using that kind of language in Star Trek just because of what it was. Uh, so he did have a conversation with Michael Chabon about maybe changing the language. And he wasn't really comfortable with it. But at the end, they kind of came to the agreement that this is a new world and kind of maybe time for a new type of trick yeah you know and we keep talking about the language it's like a (laughs) seems like a point of contention i'm always torn by uh the extreme language you know you i can take the normal cuss words as you know on regular tv like damn it jim you know that's been on trek since the beginning but um it's kind of weird when you hear those words that we that you that are reserved for premium cable and uh Back alleys, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah I, was, I was a bit bit surprised to read this. I read this earlier um, a couple of days ago. And the thing that surprised me was that, like, in some, like, we were talking about this. Like, some of the older movies, they use, like, strong swear words. I mean, they don't yeah. drop any F-bombs. But, like, they use, for the time they came out, it's pretty strong language. So, I was a bit surprised to hear him say that he was, Yeah, so, like, so I'm curious to know if there would still be the concern or even the discussion if you dropped out the f-bombs and you had all the other language yeah i don't think we would be even having this discussion because it would just be commonplace yeah, right. yeah. i mean they say the s word on like cable television now right. so i mean yeah. yeah the f-bombs definitely take it to a different level <laughs> all right well that's going to wrap up our news section guys so, guys, let's go ahead and get into our review of Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek Nemesis was released to theaters on December the 13th, 2002. 
It was directed by Stuart Baird. Baird? With the story by Rick Berman, John Logan, and Brent Spiner. With John Logan taking screenplay credits. Baird, while working on films in many other roles as editor, producer, uh, this is only the third film that he's directed up to this point. With the other two being U.S. Marshals and a film called Executive Decision, which I've never seen. So the estimated budget for this movie was about 60 million, which is two million up from Insurrection. The gross domestically was only 43 million. Which, oh, that's why this is the last one. <laughs> which, which, which is 27 million down from Insurrection. From Insurrection now. And, I think and, Insurrection probably killed this movie more than the movie itself did. Honestly. Yeah, and, and then like fatigue, we'll get into it, but fatigue, people, are, a lot of people are saying fatigue played into it and also had opening weekend of 18 million, which, again, is three million down from its previous opening weekend with Insurrection worldwide cumulative gross of 67 million down a whopping 46 million from the previous film. <laughs> so wow. you say to Carrie and for all intents and purposes, this movie freaking bombed. It really bombed. And I I agree with you, Carrie. I don't feel like it's entirely justified. I don't think it's the greatest movie. It's not, but it's not horrible. It was definitely a step up from Insurrection. Like, I don't think it was was as good as First Contact, but it was definitely better than Insurrection. Yeah, I I, I, I totally agree. I agree with you. So uh, if you're listening to this review and you have not seen Star Trek Nemesis, I hope you have. But if you want to watch it again, it's available on CBS All Access, which is where I watched it for free. And um, so let's get into the synopsis for the movie. The Enterprise is diverted to Romulan homeworld Romulus, supposedly because they want to negotiate a peace treaty. Captain Picard and his crew discover a serious threat to the Federation once Praetor Shinzon plans to attack Earth. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. So let's go around the horn and get everybody's high level view of this movie. And I want to start with Carrie, man. What did you think of this movie, man? Um, uh, my first impression is like after watching it, at least what I was thinking was this was this was pretty good. I don't understand because I, I thought that like, like I guess like the other ones, I thought that I had seen this before, but I hadn't. And um, I just remember you buying it and I just remember everybody saying in the media that it sucked. Um, so I was going into it, maybe it's because I went into a little low expectations, but I actually enjoyed the movie. I didn't think it was particularly bad. There were some cheese ball moments, but, um, it, it, overall, I was very positive about like my experience with the movie, I guess. So, uh, Kyle Jones, man, what is your overall view of this movie, man? So I'm going to sound like Carrie and going to repeat pretty much what he said. The Interesting thing was I sat down ready to watch this movie again and realized, oh, crap, I haven't seen this. I've thought for years that I had really? seen this, but I, that's why I feel like I'm echoing Carrie's because I have not seen this. There is no memory of watching this before last night and earlier today. See? So um, I thought it was good. I think it was a lot better than Insurrection. Man. There were, again, I'm sounding like Carrie. There were cheese ball moments in there, and there were some places where the plot kind of came apart and just didn't quite make sense that said it was i enjoyed this so much better than i enjoyed insurrection man that is very I mean, wait, curious wait, yeah insurrection was the one before yeah, this, right? yeah. That, that's very curious man because i mean we're just coming off of a season of picard and to me this movie in addition to all the episodes we reviewed for getting ready for picard this movie is kind of Kind of pivotal to, to yeah, I got some feels in here, man. Like thinking about what happened in the Picard season, I got some definitely got some heartstrings that I wouldn't have gotten if I hadn't seen Picard first. Interesting. And I'll let me reverse that. I wish now that I would have really realized that I had not seen this so that I could have watched yeah. it before uh, the Picard series. Wow. Yeah, that is. Crazy. I just thought it was so bad that it kind of like blocked out of my memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to I be brutally honest. I didn't realize that the blue skies thing was a reference to this movie. Yes. Like I had no idea. Yes. We talked about that at one point. I thought. 
Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. But I but you, I missed that one. If, if if you didn't know that coming into, he's like, oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, John. What are your thoughts, man? Um, so it's been a while since I've actually watched this. Uh, so watching it again, and the same way I felt when I seen it the first time, I loved it visually. Cinematography was great on it. Uh, it was a great movie. I agree with you guys. It was better than Insurrection for sure. Yeah. But I feel like it did a great job. Like it had a story. It presented a problem. It solved the problem, had an ending. But I feel like it was like just a, a, a bigger TNG episode. Oh, come on. Man. <laughs> I guess I guess part of the problem is just it pretty much took place on one well two ships basically. This is true. This is true. And so it kind of limits things. This kind of goes back to my opinion of like snakes on the plane. Like I loved it because it was Samuel Jackson, but at the end of the day, it was yeah. an hour and a half movie on a plane. Now that you think of now that you think about it, the only time they ever got out of the ship in like open air was when they were looking for the um. I don't want to the say because we're not B4. there yet, but yeah. Oh, oh God. Sorry. B4, really? B4, uh, really? But, Seriously? But, but, but there were three um, there, there were three prototypes from prototypes from Dr. Soon, and that, that was one of the three. So it makes sense in that Why aspect. Why is it called B4 if there were three? Because I think it was before Data and Lore. <laughs> exactly. That's what makes it so bad. Yeah, because that pretty much says that he knows that that's going to be an imperfect one because that means he's going to create something that's after B4. <laughs> Maybe A4? Yeah. After 4. His code name after R is... <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, no, I did, I did like this... this movie just for the fact that it gives you a lot of new tech that you have not seen in Trek before. Ah, well, I'd be interested so that, to hear you dive that's into that later. That's a very high point for me. Cool. And for me, um, coming off of Insurrection, this seems really, really good. You know, it seems like, again, when I look back 1998 or early aughts when I originally watched both of these, uh, I thought Insurrection was a really strong movie, but but now it just seems bad. And when I look at what what um, what they did in Nemesis, I really like it. They have a lot of strong actors in there uh, that are doing what uh, I feel is some pretty cool things. They're exploring some things that. I, I guess we've seen in Trek before. I really have to. I, that's a, one of the questions I have to ask you guys a little later. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought the latter half was weaker than the first half. It's sort of like mm-hmm. once we got the reveal, it started to kind of peter out. Uh, but before that, I felt like it was really strong and great mystery. You know, we get a peek into Romulus, the Senate. You know. All of that stuff is always great because they're one of Trek's greatest villains. So, yeah, um, I really enjoyed the movie. I really enjoyed the movie. All right. Let, let, let me drop this in real quick. You know, we were saying a little bit earlier, we were commenting about the fact that this one only had two sets or two, uh, two well, basically sets, two different locations going on. I think if you have a very strong story, you could have one set and they're stuck in one set. And if the story's good, that's all that matters. Because go back to Insurrection, you yeah. were all over the place. And yeah. we're all sitting here <laughs> literally. Saying, we didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and let's go ahead and make this other comparison to Insurrection. Let's talk about the visuals a little bit. And for me overall, I felt like I felt like the visuals were much stronger in this movie versus Insurrection. There was never really a point I was just like, oh, that's just bad. The and, first shot, the first shot when they're at Romulus and they're like zooming in from outside the world, uh-huh. that looked like a freaking Lego set to me. Like that was the only, really? that was oh. the only one that just looked horrible. <laughs> like that looked so bad to me. But like I enjoyed just that, about, man. Just about everything else. Look, I, and I may be wrong on this, but I think they use that same visual multiple times for different places. Like, and I have to go back and do some research on it, but I think I remember like a zoom in of like the Federation uh, base on Earth, and it kind of, it was the same set. 
I've seen it done, I think, on Bayshore. I could be wrong, but I think they just kind of have a generic look at this advanced city. Are, yeah, you talking about that? Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably different because I remember Romulus is very distinct. And what I remember from recent memory is having seen that same Senate in the comic books we reviewed a little while back. Uh, so uh, all of that looked familiar. It didn't look like it was from anything else for me. I didn't really get the Lego vibe. Uh, so I don't know. It just looked fake. I mean, it didn't look like Legos. Like It was just like super, super uncanny valley. Like It was like, okay, this is obviously like... I couldn't at first. I couldn't tell if it was CG or if they had just built a model, uh, but I definitely it definitely did not look real, you know. And maybe it's just because it was two thousand CG, but maybe. like all the other stuff was fine to me. I did, that was the only thing that just jumped out at me. Like you know, it's kind of like in a Matrix when he fights all those Mister Smiths. It's like okay, this is obviously fake. Like that's yeah. kind of the okay. vibe I got. Okay, yeah, and that makes sense. And and uh, otherwise, visually, I feel like all the ships that we saw in the movie were strong. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, um, Shinzon's ship, uh, I thought it, it looked beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and as well as, uh, the other, uh, birds of prey that we see in this. So, I mean, I, I felt like all of the visuals were pretty strong in the movie. And, um, yeah, that's the Senate. That's, I mean, that's how the Roman Senate looks, John. It doesn't look. <laughs> yeah. I okay. guess it he posted a link in the but, chat. But look at that. There's no that's how like it looks. Intro. Doesn't Every- it look like the intro of Game of Thrones? Doesn't it just look like not? No, like, that's how mm-hmm. it looks. That's it, just how uh, it, it looks. Car- <laughs> in Carrie's defense, it does kind of look like maybe like a replica that you put on a desk and like zoomed in oh, on God. it. Oh, God. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it does look kind of plasky. I give that to you. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It, the steel, anyway. But in motion, just remember it when it was so made, bad. though. Yeah, that's I what I'm saying. It's probably just uh, 2000 CG, but the ships and everything else look good. I just feel like they may, might have just gotten the lighting wrong or something. But, I mean, it's not, like, horrible. I could just – it just stood out to me, like, okay. Like, that was the only bad shot to me. All right. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and talk about a little bit about that Romulan Senate. Uh, what do we think about this opening scene where this <laughs> – the lady uh, – the, the – um, the, one of the senators, the female senator, just gets up and walks out. And, I have to oh, go to the little lady's room. Excuse I left, me. I left this big red thing sitting on a desk that doesn't look like anything else in the entire building. But, oh, I'll see you guys later. And nobody thought that was a warning sign. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah that, was bit, that was a bit weird. Yeah, and I just all stood there looking like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> go get the sen- <laughs> <laughs> And nobody had a scanner. <laughs> so, like, no, a not only that, they sit there and just kind of look like, at it and go, "Ooh, what's that?" I know that stuff that he that technology is not nuke, but it's to me it felt like an analog for a nuke. It's like somebody put a somebody just set some mini nuke down on on a desk and like nobody notices. Like, what? yeah, yeah, and and then like. Another problem I have is because they kind of used this in Insurrection as well. I think in Insurrection it was uh, subspace weapons. I think was the what was outlawed. Your enemy is probably going to have the outlawed weapons, so I, I find it funny that they're that surprised that <laughs> that uh, Shinzon has these weapons that can you know disintegrate flesh. <laughs> you know they act like it's a huge deal, but. These are like your sworn enemies. I mean, they're going to have some pretty bad stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they have an arms treaty or anything. I mean, they're just in the- well, I think they were just kind of more surprised that he was able to harness it and use it. Yeah, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't know. Well, you- go ahead. Go ahead. Now, I was just going to say, look at it. If they were making a comparison to the real world, you know, you've got all these treaties where you don't do this and you don't do that. But there's always some country that's out there using X gas, Y gas, Z gas against or whatever against their people or other people. So I think that was just another layover of our overlay of reality. Like yeah. North Korea, basically. Yeah. yeah. These are Thaleron radiation weapons is, is kind of what was doing this. But yeah, I just, just find it funny that they're surprised by their enemies having weapons. To- <laughs> it's it, always some kind of radiation that starts with a T that's so deadly in Star Trek. Yeah. It's theta radiation, Thaleon. There's, there's another, there's like two or three other radiation starts with a T that's just super dangerous. 
I just found that funny. So I have some written here that um, I didn't know at the time, but post research, I figured out that it is an adventure for the 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 movie. Actually, is the Remans. Uh, this is the first time we see them in this movie. The and, crazy uh, looking. Yeah, the the sister sister race of the <laughs> Romulans uh, that are kind of the slave race. So this is kind of the first time we see them, uh, which I thought that was interesting. You know, we always try to play on analogs in real life. So I thought having them in this movie was pretty so interesting. So they the black folks? <laughs> is that what you're saying? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Pretty, pretty much did. <laughs> This podcast will not be. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just said what everybody was thinking. Come on. Well, you are right. He did say it. I didn't spell it out. Like okay, but 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 yeah, they're a sister race of the Romulan people that are used to mine dilithium on another on Remus. But anyway. <laughs> The League of Shadows. But, but we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to come back to them. We're going to come back to them. Let's go ahead and jump to the, the Riker-Troy wedding, and I want to get thoughts on that. First off, I didn't even realize Wesley Crusher was there in this movie to rewatching it recently because I thought he was in, wasn't in was in any of the, the Next Generation movies. But it was cool seeing him, even though he didn't have any – Speaking lines, I don't think. I must not have been paying enough attention. I didn't know. He was oh, there. yeah, he. I saw him. I saw him. He's yeah. He looked the exact yeah. same too. He was sitting right beside Crusher. I'm like, dude, you did not. I don't, I don't know what it was at that point in 2002. He looked the exact same <laughs> as he did on the show. Wow. Yeah, but it was pretty cool seeing him. Uh, it did feel like a huge last uh, hurrah for the cast. So I'm wondering how much. Did they, did they know going in this was going to be their last movie? Because definitely when you think about Picard's speech at the wedding, it all felt like uh, this is going to be our last movie together. You know, who knew that 20 years later we'd have Star Trek Picard? But any other thoughts on the whole wedding sequence? So is, I just want to ask this as a just question. So when he said new first officer, was he talking about Data or was he talking about Rafi? Oh, Data. Data. Okay. Rafi, I, figured Rafi, it was da- I figured it was Data, but I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, Rafi is, is his first officer aboard the Verity when he leaves the Enterprise. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, go ahead. The one thing I have I like is just, you know, again, we get to see Brent Spiner's uh, singing ability, which was pretty good. Uh, but does he have to sing in every movie, though? <laughs> is it him or Picard? So. Somebody singing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll admit at first I was like what is he saying and then they bust out with the blue sky I was like oh my god my, my head almost exploded I was like Picard season last episode oh my god yeah they played that throughout the season though but like that just kind of nailed that is what tied both of those together to me was that part when he started singing that song I was like okay I, I'm like oh, I should have watched this before Picard <laughs> But you I gotta, still got a lot out of it, you know. It's kind of like watching. You gotta the appreciate the uh, "shut up, data" line. <laughs> yeah, everybody wanted to say that at some point. I feel bad for data because everybody's always laughing at him, man. Like, <laughs> it's boring humanity, man. So, so, a little bit of trivia from the um, wedding scene: they asked Jerry Ryan to appear in the wedding scene. And she turned them down because she didn't think that it made sense. Why would that character be there with people she did not know? Oh, contraire, Munfair. They offered her a bigger role in the movie, period. And she ah. turned it down because what other she show was she on at the same time? Uh, 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 Boston Legal. Beep, beep, no. beep, 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 yes. beep, beep, She was on Boston Legal? Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Was she like Me a too. main character or was she just like a guest character? I think she was, she just was like, a guest. Yeah, a guest. Okay, okay, okay. Because I'm like, she was an attorney or some kind of powerful woman from somewhere else. And yeah, I remember that. No, no, no. I said Boston Legal. She was on Boston Legal a couple episodes, but she was she was a regular on Boston Public, which was another oh, show. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, she know. was a regular Boston on Public, that. Which was also made by David E. Kelly. Yeah, and she didn't want to be typecast, so she didn't want to come back. So uh, they wound up getting. Uh, 
Janeway to make an appearance. And actually, they were they were going to try to tie a lot of things from other shows into this uh, movie. But for some reason or another, it didn't work. And that's one of them that they were going to try to tie in. Which another is, question. Did Janeway become an admiral at the end of Voyager or was this like a new development? Um, she is an admiral at the end of Voyager because... We in, at the end of Voyager, we skip some time in the future, and old Janeway uh, comes okay. back. So she's an okay. admiral at some point in the future. We don't know when, but obviously by the time this movie comes out, she's already. I just assumed assume. that hey, you brought that ship back from the Delta Quadrant. <laughs> You're an admiral. <laughs> at least, congratulations! Yeah. Congratulations, you brought him back. You're an admiral. Seventy thousand light years. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's move in a little bit here. Um, so no more thoughts on the wedding there. I thought it was funny that Betazoid weddings are in the nude. I mean, was really? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that seemed kind of like weird. Yeah. I mean, for obvious reasons, but just because <laughs> like, did that add anything to the plot except for seeing Worf squirm? Like, yeah. D- was there any other reason? Just to make Worf feel awkward. And it may have been something that was mentioned before in the show that we're not remembering. It was. When, yeah. uh, when her mom came to the state, came to the ship. There was talk of, you know, Deanna was destined to marry this guy that was prearranged. Yep. Yep. And there there was talk of a nude wedding and everybody was so like taken back from it, like a nude wedding. <laughs> so it's kind of an ongoing running joke, I guess. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, Troy's mother, who was not there, Major Barrett. I heard she well, I read that she didn't make an appearance because she was doing Andromeda at the time, which is the. Isn't Kevin Sorbo in that show? Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a Gene Roddenberry um, show as well, or produce. Gene sure. Roddenberry produced show. Of course, he wasn't around. I don't think when it came out. Hmm. Hercules? Huh? Is that Hercules? Yeah, yeah. Kevin Sorbo. I've never watched it, which is weird because it, it seems like something I would have loved, but I just well, that's not Star Trek, so I just kind of ignored it. <laughs> I've never wow. watched that or Babylon Five. Wow. Ooh, don't get Babylon Five. I've seen, but not this. I love Babylon Five. Anyway, haven't seen all of Babylon Five. Seen the Chicago. first season. So then, anyway, so sorry. they 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 get this. We're gonna go kind of through the movie from the first part because once it gets halfway, kind of like all is action. So we'll just talk about some of the beginnings. They get this electromagnetic magnetic signature, positronic signature. Uh, from this planet, Kalaris 3. And we see Picard drive the Argo around in an action scene, which I guess it made sense. And and I will say, t- it, we mentioned before earlier, but the whole before thing being, being in this movie, I, I will give them credit for being clever because I... The fact that they were ignoring all the signs, at least on screen, they didn't show us that they were actually, you know, oh, we think this data port is a real problem. They never said it on screen, but in the background, they 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 purposely kept us in the dark to give us that surprise that data had switched with before. But that I have to admit, uh, before we actually got the revelation, I was like kind of ticked off. Like, why are they just taking this lightly? They just picked up this <laughs> android from nowhere, put them together, let them loose on the ship, and nobody cares. Dude, that was <laughs> the worst part. They hooked them up to. They like transferred all when they yes. transferred all the data's data's data to him. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. You I wanted to pull that. my hair out because that's literally what they did. They gave him data's data. That like, was dumb. But it's like that's like finding a thumb drive out on the street and plugging it into your computer. Like, would you do that? Oh, this boy. is an advanced civilization. They don't. I mean, they don't. Data. Yeah. I can't believe the captain's letting us do this. They got duped by social engineering. Like, this is some '90s hacker crap that happened. Well, it wasn't a '90s, so okay, I'll and, give them that. And, and was it just me or when uh, before like logging into the terminal? Didn't it like the Matrix? I'm like, they like yeah. totally ripped off the Matrix here. Jeez. Oh, dude, when he got up and he, when he, um, when the sleep facility awoken and he was just in the screen, totally looked like some Matrix stuff. So, yeah. 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 And, and again, like on the, the thing of before in, in infiltrating Enterprise and they switched in before switching with data. While I do feel like it was a good surprise in the moment, I feel kind of cheated because. 
it, it, it didn't seem like clever story writing. It was just clever editing, kind of, just to not show us that. I don't know. It, it still got a similar surprise for me, but I was like, uh, do I really feel happy that I got duped in this way? <laughs> I kind of liked it. I mean, it, you know, they did like Jordy calls Picard and say, hey, we found the source of the whatever, the breach. And I think we have an idea how to get in, but they never really went into that. And that, I mean, yeah. so when you see then when you finally realize that it's data and not B4, you're like, oh, that's what they did. So but, I mean, kind they're of just surprised. being clever yeah, but, through obscurity. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> could you assume from the story and I, and I agree with everything you said, Clarence, but could you assume from the story that whatever, whoever's listening, somebody's, they could have been listening through before. Okay. So good question. if they good. go and they say, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. And this is what we're going to do. His, his ears for lack of, for all intents and purposes could have been <laughs> their ears on the ship. Good point. Good point. So like, so like Harry does as Alexa, I did not say anything about the president. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said like, the word bomb. We're going to come to your house. <laughs> maybe I'm overthinking this, but like two things jumped out of me immediately that I feel like were never answered in the movie. Number mm-hmm. one, how did Shinzon get this droid or this this synthetic? How did he even get it? Like that kind of jumped out at me. And the other thing was, who were those people that were fighting on that planet? Like. <laughs> Never to be seen again. Like, why were they? Why were they attacking them? Why? Like, how, how does everybody just have a doom buggy all of a sudden? Yeah. Just because, just because Picard has the Argo. Like, doom is, is this like when Mad Max came out or something? Like, it seemed like a scene out of Mad Max. Like, it was so weird. It doom buggy is coming over here. I love the doom buggy though. That Straight was up awesome. stole was... those people's robot and never do were never to be seen again. But I think I think Shinzon said that he they they were surprised when they got the signal or whatever how they found it. Uh, they didn't go into detail, but he did say they found it somewhere, uh, which is interesting. <laughs> so, they found it. Somewhere. Interesting fact: <laughs> the uh, special effects team actually actually built a working Ar- Argo rover. Oh, so Picard God. was actually driving this like real for real, like maybe not in the movie sequence, but it was it was actually drivable. And he begged the production team to let him take it with him when they finished, and they wouldn't let him do it because he oh, loved it so much. This is hilarious. Like after after they picked up the second leg, Picard was like this doesn't <laughs> feel right. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Oh man, that that Let's whole put it together and plug it in our computer <laughs> system. That's smart too. Oh my god! Uh, stir the stir the shuttle and let's jump into it. I mean, yeah, it was cool. That though. was cool. Man. I remember the first I time seeing it. I thought that was awesome. I'm like, oh, that's great. But they yeah. like bust a hairpin coming out of the <laughs> coming off the ramp. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that part. It just seemed like it was just. It's like, okay, we have to shoot at least one scene outside of a ship. Data, let's it's make, you. <laughs> let's make it fun. Well, yeah, I'm not going to complain about that one too much. I agree. It was fun, but felt kind of weird at points. <laughs> hey, uh, so, that's where Mo- Elon Musk got the uh, Cybertruck idea from. Are you serious? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. It but makes when sense. I heard, when I seen I the Cybertruck release, that DeLorean. was the worst thing I thought about. Oh, boy. I got my pre-order, man. Oh, really? Yep. I'm nice, 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 nice. Uh, so, my wife so, won't let me do it. I mean, it's it's probably cheaper than the truck you have. They're only like thirty-five. Like they started thirty-five. They're not like super expensive. Yeah, I told her that. But the problem is, I have the truck I have. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there so, is that. <laughs> so we talked about the uh, Alpha priority message from uh, Admiral Janeway, which we I think we all thought was pretty cool, pretty freaking cool. And, um, yeah, we talked about Data's memory integration, which was dumb. Um, pretty obvious Trojan horse there, which they kept us blind to the whole time. Yeah. Uh, is it called the, the, the Scimitar? 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 What's the Scimitar, name? I Scimitar? Think. Scimitar. Scimitar. So the Remen Warbird Scimitar shows up. Then Picard, Worf, Riker, Troy, Data beam aboard and meet Tom Hardy. 
<laughs> uh, thoughts on the big reveal. And didn't we see a young Picard in the episode yes, when he got and stabbed? He had hair. And he had hair, yeah. Yes, he had brown hair. So that, that was, was the thing that didn't make sense. Like, why is he bald if he's younger Picard? Like, why would he be bald at, at 20 years old? Like, okay, that... and I know we look different from when we're young and when we get old, but that did not buy. And he's not even he... completely bald. He still has hair on the side of his head. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. like, why is he bold? Yeah. And also, like, my thoughts was, um, like, man, is Picard just destined to get every freaking disease? Because they mentioned he has the Skyloft yes. syndrome. Yeah. I'm like... We've never heard that. Dude, he, get, he gets okay. all the syndromes. I mean... <laughs> I want to complain about that scene, too. Okay. So, this is how I thought the reveal was going to go down. So, he's standing there in the dark, right? Getting, you know, getting ready to do his Bane speech. And um, Data pulls out the tricorder, right? And he's scanning him. He's like, feel free to scan me, Data. And whatever he says. And, like, he scans him. And I was like, I thought he was going to be like, um, Picard, this this, this guy's your clone or something. Like, to me, Thank that you. made more sense to me. Like, so, Picard, did you have a disease when you were younger? Oh, it's a very rare yes. disease. It would have made much more sense if he would have said, uh, Captain, how is this possible? Oh, it's just, like, it's... it's, 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 it's yeah, yeah, I agree. It was it was kind of it was good. I feel like it was a good fun reveal though, because I they feel had like the, they were trying to add suspense, but they didn't really need to. They didn't do it in a good well, way. What, I what, like. they, they was just waiting his turn to speak. That's all. That's all he was doing. I mean, you had the dim lights, you know, because they lived on the other side of the planet where there's no sun, so they can't stay on the light. Uh, so I thought that was cool that he's like raise illumination forty percent. Oh, then, you think darkness is your ally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so since we're talking about him, and I may be jumping ahead, but can I uh, say another big major plot hole involving this character that I just didn't make no sense whatsoever to me? Can, can I get you to hold just for one second? Because I had cool. a question that was directly right, related cool. to what we're talking about. Sweet. Have clones ever been explored in Star Trek before? I know we've done eugenics, genetics, but I don't, I'm probably, mit- oh, Riker was cloned, but that was like a transport accident, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't. But it's still a clone, though. But I, I don't think there's ever been like just a straight up, I'm cloning you from scratch in Star Trek that well, I can remember. So there's technically one. Okay. Was this Enterprise or Voyager? I think it was Enterprise and And that that so, li- that liquid stuff doesn't count on Voyager. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know when uh I think it was Trip and Paul's baby, that guy from yes. like the Terran guy. Yes. He cloned the baby. Yeah. Or, well Well it wasn't uh, a clone. He got was, their DNA yeah. and, and made a made man. Yeah, but that so that technically wasn't a clone. Oh, yeah, I guess not. So I have a, another question: Like, does does Star Trek use Terra and a human like interchangeably? Yeah, Terra, just Earth. Just Earth okay. is all they okay. need. I got you. So Kyle, go go ahead. You had a question or a statement. I'm trying to remember another weird thing that <laughs> happened that you thought was really weird with Shenzhen. Oh, oh plot, hole. plot hole, plot hole, plot hole. And again, I, this may be a getting ahead, but it made no sense to me that he is the quote-unquote leader of these people that supposedly hated him so much. That just made absolutely no sense that they would take this person that was in the mines and et cetera and so forth, that they were treating like you know what, and then now he's their leader. Just didn't well, buy Well, I mean, it seemed like I've heard. I mean, that's... that's well, he I don't wasn't think there. He wasn't their leader. I mean, he was the leader of the... Uh, Remans, which were slaves to the Romulans, right? But that's what I'm saying, though. They but he, he took but, leadership of the Romulans because he basically wait, 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 assassinated. No, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying about the Romulans. I'm talking about the the people that he's down there with. I'm not meaning the Romulans. I'm talking about the people that he's in the pits with. It doesn't make sense to me that he becomes their leader. Yeah. Hey man, it's like the Lion King where they find this cub and they're like, "Hey, we'll raise him, and then when he's older, he'll be on our side, and then he can fight the the he can keep us safe." For I don't know. Yeah, I feel, I feel like there's a story I, eventually. I, I, we, I feel like there's a story eventually we see happen time and time again. I mean, yeah, it's like Blade, the Mo- Mowgli story. I mean, he's like a little kid in the jungle, and he winds up being like not controlling everybody, but how does he even survive? You know, it's kind of the same thing. 
Mm, yeah. yeah, I get that. It's just, I don't know. It just didn't feel it, it was too convenient. Maybe that's what I'm trying and to I, say. And I get it because they never really show or speak of what hold or power he has over these Remans. Like, I'm, essentially, they could kill him. Like, one Reman could probably kill him easily. But uh, he did uh, have uh, a vice on his side, though. Yeah. Who, yeah, who but, does but, have strong telepathic abilities. Uh, okay, so 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 that I get, and I guess if he were a little more brotherly with them, but he was treating them like you know what. So that that's mm-hmm. where I'm saying is he he didn't he was so much about himself. He was even that was vicious ticket, to them. That was their ticket to get out of the slave situation. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I understand that, but the only main thing that bothered me about that was that. They showed him as a kid, and he has hair. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. That's the thing that bothers but, me. Oh, wait, well, I, I think what makes sense with that, though, is they said at a certain age they were going to try to accelerate him to Picard's actual age. So that was that could be part of the reason why he was... And obviously why he got weird by the end of the movie. Uh, that was slowly taking his toll on him. And what's the timing on that? Oh, the timing is just perfect to where it's going to kill him while within, we're within this two days of the, the time space <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. A lot of it seemed quite matter effectively, but so it's got a plot. We want to talk uh, bones to pick. Like one of the biggest things that got on my nerves was while they were on the, um, what's the name of the ship again? Like scimitar, scimitar ship. Scimitar. And they were trying to make the first, the first time they escaped data and Picard. So Picard is able to like gun down by himself while Data is opening the door. He's able to gun down like 20 Remans and they're able to get away and then come back through the ship. Really? Okay, that was kind of cool. But still, how is he able to gun down all these Remans by himself and not get shot once? I know he's the hero. He's Picard. That's the only answer I've come up with. (laughs) These are stone cold soldiers. I don't understand how you can blast a hole through the whole ship and not just blast the door open. Thank like, you. That's that's what I didn't understand because of the force fields. There's a force field on the. Yeah, they say the force field was over the door. No, he said he said over all of the portholes. <laughs> so yeah. so so they have this super and you know advanced ship, but they're going to only put um, he force fields over the door. On the ship. Yeah. Well, you- in their defense, you don't expect somebody to drive the ship back through the ship. True, but why did why did Shinzon's throne room look like Palpatine's lair? Is like it just went through the glass. It looks like exactly off of Star Wars. Take a look at it. It's the glass mm. circle thing. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that whole scene, it it looked cool, but it just it's kind of like the buggy scene where it's like. Eh, I don't know how necessary that was. Well, let's talk about it, because to me, once we get the reveal of who Shinzon is, like all the movie basically from that point is all action. So I feel like it might be kind of hard to talk about. Uh, There is this one scene where uh, Ron Perlman, uh, the Viceroy, uh, actually violates uh, Troy, which is very similar to us. There was like the almost exact same thing happened on there's an episode called Violations. Uh, where I, f- I forget, but it, it it a dude enters her mind and basically does the exact oh, same yeah. thing. Like Riker is, she has a vision of her and Riker together, and the other dude just takes over and does the same exact thing. Basically, I don't remember that. So that just felt weird. And Old I choice just a target. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I liked seeing that. To well, never liked seeing it, but it just felt weird today in today's time seeing the character treated like that. Like, is that the only way you can, like, give her impact in this movie is to show her getting violated yeah, yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. N- yeah. I was just going to say that that scene was for no other purpose than to give her that scene at the end where she gets into his mind and pretty much, you know, takes control. Yeah. But I don't know. I I just didn't like it. <laughs> so you said it was necessary plot device for, like, what happened at the end. But, like, what did she end up doing? So she basically got violated so she could, like, get yeah. in this dude's mind and they could shoot him five times. Yeah, I don't think, it was, it. Ne- yeah, I don't think yeah. it was necessary. Like, they didn't do so, any damage to the ship. Well, here's my problem. Here's my thing. 
Like, that wasn't the first time they had hit this ship. So why, why is it all of a sudden she, like, reaches this guy telepathically and tells him where to shoot, and then all of a sudden their weapons are doing something? Like, they hit him, they hit him, like, 20 times already, and it never seemed to cause any damage. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like that battle overall was by far the weakest part of the movie. I did like the I did like the kamikaze ramming of the ship though. I thought I thought that was good. I I I like Picard saying, "Oh, he thinks he knows what I'm gonna do next," and he just <laughs> like you know does the worst thing possible. I feel. So I don't know. I, I like that part of it anyway. I hope they evacuated the forward decks. <laughs> off off camera again. <laughs> he didn't say it. Oh man. It, 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 oh man, I like I like the movie, but when I think about it, there's a bunch of dumb stuff. Like Riker is gone from the bridge from the last thirty minutes of the film because he's off fighting the Viceroy. I'm like, really, Troy? You're in charge. I gotta leave. What? And what was he doing there? Like, what was his purpose? Was he going to get Picard? They left when they first got boarded. When they I, first, I, I'm, I get it, but why did he go to the Enterprise? They went to the Enterprise to like take Picard. Well, they beamed over to get Picard's because Shinzon was about to die and he needed the transfusion thing. Didn't they know. already take his blood, though? Like, that's the other thing that confused me. They took his blood earlier in the movie. Like, why did they need to take <sighs> blood? I think the more we talk about it, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff did not make sense. But it, I still feel like if I was going to this movie in theaters, I felt like it was a good popcorn flick. Oh, great. Totally. I enjoy myself. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's kind of like when I went and watched Wa- Wanted in theaters, the movie with them curving bullets. It's like, I didn't really think too much about it, but for what it was, I enjoyed it. And that's how I feel about this movie. It definitely has some holes, but I feel like it's a good Star Trek experience. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave it open to you guys because, again, like, once we get the reveal, I feel like the plot kind of just is all action. Um, any other points from anybody else about the movie that we didn't talk about uh, that you kind of want to dive into? The fight, the final fight, not necessarily the battle, but the final fight scene. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that Picard was fighting toe to toe with his younger self, um, especially like this battle hardened soldier who had been all through <laughs> all these battles and like he was basically going toe to toe with him. Um, yeah, that part was kind of weird to me because like Picard never seemed like a fighter to me. Um, he was always more of a strategist, or at least that's how I thought of him. Um, and then, like, the whole thing with him, I'll go I'll go stop him. Like, that whole thing just seemed yeah. weird to me. Like, you're mm-hmm. the captain. You're the most important person on the ship. Like, he seems rather emotionless most of the time. You would think that he would send somebody else or at least, like, take somebody else. <laughs> yeah, something. This is um, something I got to do by myself. Like what? Like I I will sacrifice my life for you people. Um, and it just seemed weird. I don't know. Yeah. But the transponder thing with that, I like that whole thing was cool. It was a real tearjerker. So like yeah. that part was really sad to me. I could really, and I feel like if I didn't have the context of Picard, maybe I wouldn't have thought that way. Which is why I think maybe some people didn't like this movie when it came out. But with me having that context of what happens after this. I feel like it had a lot more weight to it, even though, of course, that data dying is going to have weight. But I just feel like it was a lot heavier for me yeah. than in this what you know now. Yeah. yeah. Whatever happened to before, though? Um, is, is he ever mentioned again? I think they mentioned him on the show as I don't even know if they say before before per se, but they do mention getting data's memories from the Android. I don't know if they said before, but um, OK. That is how they got Data's memories in the computer, which we see ah. in Picard, I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, because and, and it's been written, um, it's kind of been retconned because in the comic verse, before actually comes becomes Data and like becomes the captain of the Enterprise in the comic, the IDW comic verse, which has been retconned, obviously. But yeah, they 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 kind of change all that. So see, I remember watching this for the for the first time, and that's just kind of what I assume that. You know, it's just before it becomes data, data and we just That's go That's the way they kind of set it up, especially at the beginning when he's, I mean, at the end when he's trying to learn that song. They right. kind of set it up like this guy's going to eventually become the new data. They don't really make it seem like it's a final yeah. 
farewell. That's yeah. kind of how I expected him to show back up in Picard. Like, B4 would show up, but it's just data. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and again, like, if you if you read those IDW countdown books for the 2009 Star Trek movie, like, data's in it. <laughs> He's in it. So, yeah, it's kind of kind of weird that they changed all that. But, yeah, definitely a impactful send-off for for him and you know i i can see this being a weird place to end it all <laughs> you know to leave that unresolved thing but maybe it is a good place it kept people wondering for the last 18 years so i don't know yeah i think as an ending because i'm just from watching it today i assumed that at this point that this was the bookend for the next generation, like that they would not be. I mean, it, it, it seemed like a series of finale of some TV show where everybody goes their own way. There's something sad that happens, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Kaput. Um, one thing I, the only other thing I would add is I do think while it may not have been ex- executed perfectly, I did like the parallel story of nurture and nature kind of going on with before yeah. and data as well as fake Picard and Picard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they definitely, um, uh, Picard and data had a few conversations where they kind of talked about it, but yeah, it, uh, that was, that was nice parallelism in the, in the entire yeah. movie of, of their journeys, their similar journey. So I like that as well. That was cool. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. <laughs> Yeah, so I, man, unless we have anything else to say, uh, again, I thought the Scimitar was like an awesome ship. That's like one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite enemy ships in all of Star Trek. And the way the wings kind of expand, I thought that was freaking cool, man. So, yeah, I thought the visual of that was pretty phenomenal. Oh, one, one, one last thing, then I'll hush. But I like the fact of the very end where the Romulan. Uh, captain or whoever she was was saying what she did to Picard of you've made you've made a friend here today and that made a lot more sense to things that I saw in Picard yeah I mean trying to save him yeah yes yeah it's at a point where where by the end of this they're able to form some type of bond with this um, you know whole race of people or beings that they've really been on edge with throughout all of the series that we know of (laughs) And it's kind of cool to see them uh, form some type of diplomatic relationship by the end of that. And it was actually cool to see them working together, uh, fighting together. I thought that was pretty fantastic to see, um, you know, the Rumbling ship come in and help help the Enterprise. So that was cool. So let me ask this question. Now that we've picked it apart, how do you rank this movie compared to the others? I think this is number three. I think Insurrection has to be the worst one out of the bunch by far. Uh, of course, um, first contact and generations, both of those are really strong. I think first contact beats out generations a bit, but in my opinion, this one, this one ranks number three in insurrection, number four in the next generation movies. What about you guys? Mm. I agree with everything, but I'm wanting to say, I don't know if I think first contact was better than generations. Fair enough. I, was, Fair I, enough. I don't know the answer. I don't have an answer to to what I'm saying, I don't know if it, but I don't know if it. <laughs> I would say, are we including the TOS movies in this? No, no, just, just just the next generation okay. movies. Yeah, I would say First Contact definitely best, then Generations, then this, and then um, it's right that garbage movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like that one, that, I think that was the worst one. Period. Like I, I enjoyed the whale movie more than Insurrection. Like, and that's saying a lot because I didn't like that movie very much. But I think it was by far the worst Star Trek movie. Period. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I have to agree. I think I think I'll put Generations at the top of my list, and then the rest of it, as you guys said, First Contact, Nemesis, Insurrection. I just man, Nemesis was just. I felt like they could have done more with what they had. Like they had a great platform, like a great build up to do a lot. And then as you say, Clarence halfway through, I mean, other than just some action scenes, we kind of lost it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wish they would have kept it more cerebral. Like the first part yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. 
So uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Um, again, thank you all for being on. I always appreciate it. And let's go around the horn and see what everybody's been working on, podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with you, Carrie, man. What's going on? Uh, well, you know the deal there. Take Edition coming soon. That's all I got to say. Coming <laughs> soon. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> all right. Cal Jones. All right. Well, I'll keep it short and sweet. Discussing Who Series 5 or the 2010 series of Doctor Who. That's what we're on now. DiscussingWho.com. Jonathan? Uh, well, I uh, guess we could point you to Real Insight on Facebook and YouTube. And it's a little video channel we're doing talking about business adventures and business advice. So check that out. Hopefully a new episode coming soon. And I also just throw this out here, completely not trick related or anyway, anything related. You should watch the Ozarks. Oh, it's good. You preaching man. to the choir here, man. That is an awesome show. What Crazy. Season, what season Crazy. are you in? Uh, I probably midway through season two. Oh man, yeah that that, that is a fantastic show. Fantastic yes, show. Yes. Yeah. And for me, I'll just say head over to Discussing Network where you can check out all the other shows that I'm on. And in addition to TechPedition.com, where you can check out the TechPedition podcast where we talk about tech. And that's about it, guys. Thanks for joining us. Send in any fan mail or reactions to the review. Tell us what we missed, what we got right, what we got wrong. You can send that in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any of the social medias. And again, thanks for joining us, guys. And until next time, live long and prosper. listening to the discussing trek podcast for more information go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe for adventure. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com. Discussing Network.